one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole-person care. Because feeling whole always begins at AdventHealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. So now I've had a few days to digest that game, and I'm sure you've mostly already moved on to the next one. But for now, uh, what are some of just the big takeaways from the game, good and bad, that have stood out to you as you've reviewed it? Well, you like the fight from a good standpoint. You love the fight. Like we stayed in it the entire way. The bad was the fundamental and technique. I think with a short week, I thought that was lacking. We have to go back to basics during this mini-buy, if you want to call it that. And we have to clean up the fundamental and technique part of it. The penalties killed us. Uh, we understand that. we got to be way better in that area. But we gave ourselves some chances, but we shot ourselves in the foot way too many times. And I know that um, for you guys with Baker, you know, he, we saw he had a knee brace on. We've seen how well he's done still, even with the creativity and, and the improvisation. Do you feel like some of the health things are, are holding back a little bit of what he wants to do or is able to do in some areas? I don't think so. I, I just think we have to get open down the field some, and we have to protect a little better, especially when they're pressuring. When they're not pressuring, we're pretty good. He's doing a good job getting rid of the ball for the most part. You don't like all the hits and taking the runs and taking the chances. Baker's a tough guy. It's kind of that time of year where you're going to be nicked up a little bit. We just got to execute better. And Chris Godwin uh, got a touchdown, tied him for third most in franchise history. Uh, but it was the first of the season for him. So, uh, you know, we know he's been so consistent, especially on third down, and he's just always available, always got the numbers. What has it been that maybe was why he hadn't found the end zone at this point and then why it worked in this particular instance? I don't think it's just him. I think we struggled in the red zone offensively right now. We're working on that to get better. We got to get him and Mike open down there a little bit more, and we got to execute and get seven points instead of three. But getting his first touchdown and getting a taste of it was a start. Hopefully, more to come. And I know that Hail Mary, I mean, man, it must have felt like an, a million years that that ball was in the air as you're waiting to see. And it's such a low percentage play, but it felt like it had a chance. And, and just take us through uh, what happened on that, maybe what you guys learned from the a, ability to know that Baker can deliver that and, and then just kind of what didn't go according to plan there. I mean, it was a heck of a throw. You know, the defensive guys are taught to box out the receivers. As long as you're looking for the ball, there's not going to be a penalty. And, and that's kind of what happened. They did their job. And the ball fell flat. You just hope somebody would have got free to have a shot at it. And uh, Rashad, 70 receiving yards. So now the last two games, he's had 70 and 65. What has he done so well in that area? And what has that meant to the offense to have that as an option? I think that's becoming part of our run game. You know, as we double team Chris and Mike down the field, Rashad's sitting there in the flat wide open. He can gain 7 to 10 yards easily. We started finding him. It's an extension of the run game defensively. We see it every week, and now we've incorporated that, so hopefully that keeps people more honest to get Chris and Mike open a little more. I know he also had his longest run of the season, and you guys had more rushing yards by half than you'd had the two games before that in the entire game. So what did you see that went well from the actual traditional run part of the game? 
Did a good job up front. I thought Stenny came in and opened up some holes. They did a good job being physical down there for the most part until we fell behind and had to throw the ball more. But I thought the run game from a blocking standpoint looked a little better. Yeah, and I would wanted to ask about Stinney. I mean, here he was hurt all last season and then now coming back in here for Filer. And, you know, until this game, the offensive line had played every snap as that set of five. So um, how did you feel like they handled a new guy getting thrown into that mix and how he handled it coming off that injury and getting his first game snaps in a long time? Again, I thought Stinney was fine. He did a good job. He's a physical player. Uh, we relied on him to be physical. He did some good things there. Uh, the penalties killed us offensive line-wise. The false starts, we had four of them between Luke and Tristan. Luke having three of them, but can't have the false starts. Puts us behind the eight ball way too many times. What do you feel like is the strategy of, you know, whenever there are those false starts, what are some of the things that you guys feel like as coaches you're going to try to do to address that or, or to make a change? Because, again, it's not like they, they don't know that they're not supposed to do that. So. Well, it's, it's a discipline thing and it's a mindset thing. You know, they had some fast rushers outside and they got ahead and those guys started pinning their ears back. He was trying to get out of there a little quick. And obviously with Von Miller over there and Russo and a couple guys, I think he was just trying to overcompensate and get out a little quick. He just got to rely on his technique more. And I know for Rashad, I saw early in the game in particular, he picked up a nice blitz on the play where, you know, Palmer got a third down conversion. And um, typically we always talk about how running backs, that's one of the biggest areas of the game that needs to develop through their rookie year and into their second year is the blocking game. Where do you see that with Rashad at this point and, and maybe how it's progressed since last year? He was decent last year. He has a lot better grasp of it this year. He understands where everything's coming and how to fit and how much leverage he has to get on certain people. And I think he's done a heck of a job. And we talked about Godwin's touchdown, but he also had the longest rush of his career. So, you know, you got Rashad in the receiving game. You got Godwin doing a rushing play. How do you feel about some of the creativity like that or the diversity in some of the plays? And how has that helped you guys with what you've been able to do when you can throw guys like that in some different roles? It's always, it always helps in the run game, especially when it comes from different areas. I mean, defensively, we get it every week. It's not just the running backs. It's the quarterback or the wide out or something like that coming along. And we've gotten part of that help, and we just need more of it. And Mike Evans ended up with his touchdown towards the end of the game. Tell us how impressive that particular catch was and then also take us through you know, that play and that drive overall that ended up being quite a, uh, quite a slog and, and long-lasting drive there at the end. Yeah, it went long. Uh, obviously, Mike was doubled most of the game. He finds a way to make a play all the time. You know, Every time there's a play to be made, he's somewhere to be found, whether he's doubled, single, or whatever. We just got to get him open more and get him more shots. And Chase Edmonds, we got to see him get action for the first time since going on IR. Um, how much were you still kind of, was he on a bit of a, a pitch count, so to say, getting back from his injury? Or was it more about, you know, what the game plan called and just your, your thoughts and plans for what he could be going forward as he gets back to full strength? Just as he gets acclimated, we got to give him a taste of it. You know, he's getting some of the rust off that way. There was a big hole he missed in the game where he could have ran for a long way too. But he'll be a lot better this week. He'll be a lot sharper this week. And what does he bring to that running back room and, and to the game plan in terms of his particular skill set? He brings a lot of experience. He brings a lot of quickness. He's a very good cutback runner. He's tough. He can catch it out of the backfield. He brings a different dimension uh, getting down the field. He's a different type of runner than Rashad, Sneak, and Sean. So he gives us a, a little burst in a different way from a one cutback runner. I know we talked about some of the penalties on the offensive line. Um, Palmer had you know another holding call. He's gotten three 
this season? And uh, what is it about, particularly, again, similar to how we talked about running backs having to learn a lot of that, for him as a wide receiver coming in as a rookie, what are some of those things that we've seen? You know, he can get that touchdown. He's got some of those good routes and deep balls and everything. But what are the things that you're trying to work on with him in terms of particularly the blocking area and some of those calls? Well, the blocking is great. As a young receiver, he's blocking very well. But when the running back comes through the hole and he starts to cut outside and the defensive guy starts to detach, he's got to understand he's got to move his feet when that guy starts to detach or just let him go. That's the part we got to work on more, and Brad's going to do a good job getting him ready this week. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles, and we knew Josh Allen is always a formidable opponent, especially with the fact he can use the arm, use the legs. Um, he is a talented runner, ended up with 41 yards, which definitely isn't as many as he has had in some games, but um, how did you feel the, the defense handled that aspect of his game in particular? Well, he wasn't up there in yardage, but I thought the yardage he got hurt us. Obviously, the one in the end zone in the red zone where he scored hurt us when he broke out, and he buys time enough to make a big throw. That's the biggest thing about Josh. He doesn't have to run. He can buy time in the pocket. He can escape, and if there's anybody down the field, he has a laser arm, and he hurt us twice with that. And how about the run game overall? How much did Vita's absence affect what you guys were able to do? And then just how did you feel about the guys that were in there and how they handled the run game? I thought they were okay. Again, the quarterback had 41 yards out of 115. Uh, we got to handle the quarterback better in passing situations. I think he had one design run where he got about 9 or 10 yards. Other than that, they were more scramble type of deals that we should have been taking care of. And how is Vita's health overall? Is he one of those guys that could benefit from this little mini bye week and be ready to go? Or is it? are you guys worried it might be a little more long term? I hope it's not long term. A couple of days off did help him. Not planning a game helped him. So this week we'll get it going and we'll see how he feels. And uh, take us through the play of Antoine's deflection that resulted in uh, Will Golston's interception. Well, we got a little more aggressive right there. Anytime you put Winfield down low on the line of scrimmage, he makes a play. Once again, he made a heck of a play. Will made a heck of a play catching the football. That was probably the biggest shocker. <laughs> but he came down with it and made a great play. And for Will, that's something he'll never forget. Are you going to use this now to motivate some of your DBs and other guys of like, your D lineman is coming down with the ball here, you know? <laughs> I might put him at safety. I might put him at safety. Hey, if he can catch, I'll put him back there. And how cool is it for you to just get to see him have that moment of it's his first career interception in 160 games. How, how fun that's, was that to watch? That's big because most of them don't get any. Yeah. So to have him come down with that ball at that time really put us back in the ball game. And as a team now, you guys are tied for third in the league with 13 takeaways. How do you feel about that part of the defense at this point of the year when I know that was one of the biggest points of emphasis for you guys going in? It's coming. You know, it's coming. We believe we should have more. We're still fighting to get those. we got to punch the ball out more. We still should take advantage of certain patterns that we see. It's coming. we just got to keep working at it and keep getting the ball out. And I know that uh, they came in second in the league in offensive red zone efficiency, and you guys were number one in red zone defense, so that was definitely a strength-on-strength strength matchup going into the game. You guys held them two of four. How did you feel about that part of the game? Well, they got two, so that's not good enough. You know, we want to hold them to field goals. One time we had a defense where we had them held to a field goal, and we missed it, and we missed the opportunity there, so we got to get better. And uh, Levante recorded his 150th tackle for loss. I just feel like with guys like him, there's always these incredible stats that are both about consistency, longevity. Um, the only active players with more than him are Aaron Donald, Clyes Campbell, Von Miller, and Cam Jordan. So knowing, looking at who those guys are, the roles they play on their team as compared to what Levante is in his position group, what does that say about the fact that he is up there with those guys? 
Well, he's the only linebacker in mm-hmm. that group that you mentioned, so that says a lot about him. They they get they get across the line of scrimmage every play for him. He he does it with quickness. He does it with intelligence. He does it from off the ball, so that makes it extra tough for him. So that says a lot about the guy. He's playing like he's a five or six year player. It's incredible. And we saw Yaya get his first career sack, not necessarily the traditional sack. It was a bit more of a chase out play, but still gets one in the in the sack book. So take us through that play and, and what made it so impressive knowing it was against a guy like Josh Allen. I think Josh thought he could outrun him, but he didn't know Yaya could run that fast. Yaya is coming on strong. I mean, he's playing good football. He's getting everything down and he's making plays. He makes his presence felt out there. He's going to be a heck of a football player. And Anthony Nelson also recorded a sack. Uh, take us through that play that, and just as an outside linebacker that he maybe doesn't get as much attention as some of the other guys. What does he bring to this unit? Nelly brings not just the experience, but the understanding of how to play the position. He's quicker than you think. He's more athletic than you think. He's stronger than he looks because he has a baby face. You make that mistake <laughs> and you take him for granted and he just goes right by you. And he's very smooth. He's a very smooth football player. Trust him completely, understanding everything he has to do. And, you know, he made a play for us. Anthony Nelson and Yaya and some of these outside linebackers, what did you think about the quarterback pressure from the unit as a whole? We didn't get no pressure, not nearly enough pressure. They chipped them, got them off their game a little bit. Uh, We were trying to rush for and cover more. We need a lot more pressure from outside and inside. And how about uh, your DBs and knowing Carlton and Jamel, they were going to be facing some some pretty potent weapons and guys like Diggs and Davis. So uh, how did you feel about your corners in particular? They stopped the deep ball, the one or two errors they made probably cost us a little bit, but they, they're very good press corners. They play well for the most part. Uh, Dean's tackling very well. Carlton plays well when he's impressed down the field. We just got to talk more. We got to communicate more and we got to talk to our safeties more. I know that when it comes to fans watching the game, a lot of times if there is a play given up, you just kind of see whoever's closest by and there's an assumption that they were the ones that were at fault in the play. So I know that, you know, a couple of people asked about Ryan Neal and you mentioned, oh, if you knew what was supposed to happen on that play, you wouldn't necessarily be blaming him. So Ryan Neal in particular, as a guy that's new to the team this year, how have you felt about his play overall, this game, the season, and and the role that you ask him to play in this defense? I thought he tackled well. I thought he tackled well. There's some plays in the secondary that's communication-wise, again, with the safeties in the corners that we got to clean up from that standpoint. But he tackles well. He obviously plays better when he's down closer to the box, but he can see things from the back end and communicate them a lot better. And I know that there was an impressive example of that communication you're kind of talking about. We saw Devin and Levante kind of handing off Kincaid in the end zone. Jamel had a big pass breakup in that play. So um, at this point in the season, for the defense as a whole, where would you say you rate the communication? That there are sometimes, obviously, it goes really great. Sometimes there's some miscommunication. So where do you expect them to be now going into you know week eight and nine? And where do you hope to see them by the end of the year? I think they are 7 out of 10 right now. We need to be 10 out of 10, like next week, not the end of the <laughs> yeah, year, yeah. but next week. So we really work on that this week, and we'll make sure that gets cleaned up. And uh, take us through what happened on the uh, blocked kick and how you guys felt like that went. I thought it was a low kick. You know, I thought it was a low kick. I thought the guy jumped okay, but I thought I thought Chase got it off low. I thought he got it off low, and, and they blocked it. That's the best I can explain it. You know, we got to get the ball up higher. Got to get it up a lot higher. And so then I know just right after that, you guys put him out there to make a 57-yarder. He gets it, ties a career long for him. What gave you the confidence to 
have him try that right after you do have a kick blocked and to know that you felt like, yep, 57 yards, career long, I still believe he can t can handle this right well, now. He's been kicking well all year. You know, we felt that was our range. Keith made sure he knew he was in the range. He made him in a warm-up, and we let him have it. We got to rely on him. You got to come right back out and see if you can do it, and he did it. And we saw uh, Kamarda, yet again, is just the leg strength is, is unbelievable, booming punts. And, you know, his first punt, pins them inside the four, uh, but then there were a couple other times where there was a bit of a line drive, maybe an instance of outkicking the coverage a bit. So where do you guys feel like he's at in terms of, we know he's got that leg strength and ability to just crush it. How do you guys feel about the accuracy and some of the more strategic punts with that and, and what it lets you guys try to do? It's been great during the season. I don't think it was as great this game. He had some booming ones, but he had some uh, one or two that shanked a little bit and it came in line drive and gave him a chance to return some with a dangerous returner. Obviously, Hardy's tough when we got to try to tackle that guy, but we can do better all the way around on special teams. It feels like we just had the actual bye week very recently, and then now this is kind of your mini bye, the closest you get to another one, which is crazy. Both of these will be coming in the first half of the season for you guys. <laughs> but um, what are the ways that you try to use this mini bye, as everybody calls it, for you guys as coaches and then with the players as well and, and how you formulate that schedule? Well, we go back after seven games. We have enough to chart that we can understand what we need to do uh, from a coaching standpoint, uh, make sure we're teaching it the right way and explaining it the right way and coaching it the right way then we make sure they're playing it the right way and they're executing it the right way. So those are things that you go back on. Did you do, do too much of one thing and not enough of another? Can we go back here? You kind of go back to basics because as the games get in a row, you kind of get stagnated on trying to game plan every week and adding new things before you know it. You're not the same team that you were. So we need to go back to basics, to the things that won us the first three games that we were when we were 3-1. and one. We can tweak some things, but we got to understand – what we are and who we are and go with that. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles and looking ahead to this Texans game for right now also you guys are in a stretch of four of five on the road. Um, how does that ever impact you know what you guys feel like you need to do in terms of either the scheduling the players physical health or does it just not affect anything for you guys home or away in that stretch? Well we finally get into a routine no more night games no more off weeks no more weekends off so we get into a routine that Practice will be dependent on who's healthy and how much work we got done that Sunday, whether it's one side of the ball or the other. But we'll be in a routine. Uh, it forces you to focus more when you're on the road because all you got is each other. And, you know, we've been pretty good on the road, excluding the Buffalo game, but we seem to play calmer on the road. We got to cut the penalties down. And if we do that, I think we'll be okay. And then uh, D'Amico Ryans now is their head coach this year. Uh, what do you know about him and, and what a uh, team led by him tends to is going to look like and, and what he's brought to that organization? Extremely intelligent guy. And I coached D'Amico in Philly during his last years uh, when he came from Houston. Uh, very smart guy, very tough, very disciplined, well-coached team. They don't beat themselves, which makes it tough for us because we've been beating ourselves. So we got to cut the mistakes out going down there. And now C.J. Stroud, this is a, a rookie that's come in and, and really started off incredibly strong, seems to have adjusted to the league really well. What are the things that you've seen from him and, and the way he's maybe playing like a rookie still, not playing like a rookie, and, and what he's going to bring that you guys are going to have to be on the lookout for? He's not playing like a rookie at all. He understands the game. He throws people open. He can make all the throws. He's very smart. He knows when to get rid of the ball. Doesn't take too many sacks. Doesn't turn the ball over. He's very disciplined. He can read defenses. He, he doesn't play like a rookie at all. He has a very good arm. 
They have very good weapons. They use some things around him that can make some easy throws, but he can make the tough throws as well. So it's going to be a tough matchup. And how about on the defensive side of things for them? What do you notice about what they're capable of and what could make things challenging for our offense as it tries to get going? Again, very disciplined, trying not to give up the deep ball. You know, you got to take what they give you. Those guys get off the ball up front. They really get after the passer, and they try to make you catch everything in front, and they're very good tacklers. So we got to do a very good job taking what they give us and wait for something to open up to go deep because if you try to go deep right off the top, those guys have that taken care of. And then finally, for you guys, knowing that once you kind of have a bit of a streak going one way or the other of what that is going to look like of how the messaging is, what are you telling everybody to try to, do you tell them to just forget these last three games? you tell them to use it as motivation? What's kind of your mindset of how to get a team out of this last three games skid? Anytime you, you lose three in a row and you're probably trying to do too much from a coach or a player standpoint, you know, all you got left to go back to is your fundamentals, your basic fundamentals, your technique and your fundamentals as a player your film watching and what you're teaching as a coach and you go back to doing those things because anytime you lose somebody's either didn't communicate uh, they got a penalty they didn't use the right leverage or they didn't use the right technique and you go back to those those are the bare basics that you go back to and any great player that goes into a slump has to go back to basics and we got guys that have to go back to basics that's all we're concentrating on this week because you don't get those things back. As the season goes, you get more into film watching than you do technique, and that goes by the wayside. We gotta get back to that, and when we get back to that, we'll get back to winning. All right, well thank you as always for your time, and good luck against the Texans. Thank you. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we'll have special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. And Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. First half of the show, we had head coach Todd Bowles with us. And now I am so excited to be joined by special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Keith, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So first, well, let's start with just kind of this game. We'll work into the year overall and all your units. But this game, what were some of the things that stood out to you from a special team standpoint, maybe some of the grades you'd give uh, the different units and different guys? Relative to the, our last game? Yeah, or just this game in general, how you the, felt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you can't get kicks blocked. Um, so that was, that was a disappointment. Uh, you know, that's obviously a major goal of ours is to protect the football um, but uh, there were some good things that happened. Uh, Cam Gill did a very good job on kickoff return in terms of executing his single blocks. Um, he dominated and did a really good job, so I was happy to see that. Um, so there's some, there were some positives. Some guys that did feel, fill in, uh, Walton and Stenny, both on field goal protection, stepped in and did a very good job. We had some injuries on the offensive line. Um, and they, they stepped up and answered the bell, so it was good there. Uh, we've got to do a better job in punt coverage. Um, we did a solid job right um, on, on the kickoff return. We had a, a little break it to the field set up, and guys executed. Um, we still have to continue to work on playing penalty-free football. And I know for you guys, I mean, let's let's start with Jake. He we've seen that guy has some leg strength. I mean, yes. just booming punts this year. How much does that add to what 
even, you know, Coach Bowles wants to do and your decisions on different things and just what he can bring as essentially another weapon almost to the offense. Yeah, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a hell of a uh, punter, uh, hell of an athlete, and does a really good job, you know, as a punter, um, obviously, and kicks off as well, which is two totally different skills. And, you know, so, but he's capable of doing that uh, and, and does a very good job with both in terms of placing the ball, hanging the ball. Uh, so he is an asset. And I know that uh, you guys, I'm sure, knew that when, when you drafted him that that was a big part of his. Did you know how good it would be or how strong his leg would be? Is it even maybe surprised you guys at this point or even grown since college? We knew, now we knew he was a hell of an athlete and uh, very twitchy and had a big leg. Um, so, and we knew there was more there that he would actually get better as he, as he matured. So, um, it, 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 I'd like to say we were surprised, but it, but he actually was pretty damn good in college as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I have to imagine you have to feel pretty confident in that when you're drafting a punter, that this isn't necessarily a position that always gets drafted, right. that you have to really be confident in what you're getting to feel like, and that you can, yes. you know, that the scouts and everybody feel convinced of using a draft pick on a punter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been around some guys that have been drafted. Um, so then usually they are, they be, it's because obviously they stand out at, at what they do. And, and he is a guy that, that's an outstanding punter and he's an outstanding athlete on top of that. I mean, there's so many things that he can do athletically that, uh, uh, it's it, it's actually crazy. Yeah, I've heard him say that he's trying to advocate for Canales to give him uh, some reps on offense, which yeah. I'm sure you would be like, no, thank yeah. you, yeah. protecting uh, protecting this guy over here. How about, I mean, I don't want you to give away the strategy, but maybe like some fakes, some other things. Like, are there ways you guys maybe like try to have some game plans he uses athleticism since it is there? Look at you looking at me. Okay, great. We won't... <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to tell me what it is, but just no say, yeah, no that's, say. That's hilarious. I love it. That's too funny. You're like, nope, we're not getting into that, man. See, you're you're too you're uh, you're a tough nut to crack over here. We want to be here. All right, we're talking to the special teams coordinator. Keith. I usually crumble when you ask me a question and <laughs> give up all the information. So I'm. What? Look at you. Look at you. You're you're what? Staying strong. We finally we early. finally it's learned. Early. It's early. Yeah, there's still 25 more minutes here. Yeah. You never know what we could. Get. That's pretty funny. Um, is that something that, how about this, instead of me asking if there are those designed for him, is that something that you enjoy thinking about and planning? Is that something that is, I know it's not a main part of what you guys do, but it seems like it would be kind of a fun thing as a special team yeah, coach. it's a fun that. thing. You, know, you always evaluate the other, the opponent, and you're trying to find something that maybe you think you can exploit, whether you can or can't. Remains to be seen, but mm-hmm. um, oh, you look for that every week. Yeah, and how know. about so we've talked about he has such an incredible leg. Um, have where do you feel like it stands in terms of his ability to avoid kind of out kicking the coverage? Is that something that you guys have to work on with him? And, and where does he stand in terms of we know he can kick it to the moon? Um, how do you guys try to decide and the times that you might need to rein that in a little bit? Uh, I think every time you, you're punting the ball. In this league, you're not punting to, to the returner. You know, you're actually punting to your gunners. Um, whether it's left, right, right, you're, it's, there's pitching over the plate, and then there's, you, you've got to have some strategy to it. So 
in 99, I'd say 100% of the teams in this league are typically not trying to punt to that guy back there. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he's back there. Yep, that makes sense. Um, so, and you brought up his kickoff skills. Tell me why it is that you want to use him versus Chase and kind of how those decisions get made and what specifically it is about Jake that makes him so good at kickoff as well. Well, he's such an explosive athlete, and he's has such a, uh, a strong leg. He's got tremendous uh, leg strength, So, um, and he's younger. So when you look at that, and it goes all the way back to uh, Ryan Suckup, allows you, if you have a young guy that can punt and kick off, it allows you to have the experienced, older, veteran place kicker. Ki- or, uh, yeah, place kicker. That makes sense. Yeah, and um, how about for kickoffs, with the way that rules have changed over the years, um, has that changed anything about what you guys look for in a kickoff guy, what you're asking him to do, some of the, the strategies with it now based on where the touchbacks are? Um, yeah, obviously always looking for a big leg. Um, you know, and you're looking for, again, strategy, skill, placement, uh, those types of things so that you can scheme around what the kicker does because you're essentially scheming. You're, it's like this. It's like, okay, what can you do well? And then I'm going to build around that. Mm. You know, it's not like, hey, we're doing this and you need to do this. No. What can you do well? And now we're going to build it around that. And is that the case for, I mean, your punter, your kicker, your coverage units, everybody, is that essentially how you view it for all of that? Is each year you look at who you have, the personnel, strengths and weaknesses, and then you kind of build according to that? Exactly. Interesting. Um, how about, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Chase as well and his leg strength. I mean, you got two guys here that just can boom it, it seems. Um, you know, we saw that Chase is tying his career long, you know, and he's been having some of the best kicks of his career mm-hmm. since he's come here this year. Um, what do you feel like has led to him having this kind of success and, and just especially from those long ones where he just seems almost automatic like that? I think right now he's in a good place and he feels confident. And um, I think he's fresh, um, and I think he's getting the the proper amount of reps for him. Um, and I think that uh, you know, obviously, when you when you're consistent, the way he's been, um, you know, that leads you to, to have confidence. And I think he's just very confident right now in terms of what he can do and in his ability. And I thought about, you know, the we know kicking is such a mental part of the game as well, that it, there's so much to that with those guys. And I thought about the fact that he gets the kick blocked and then he almost immediately after that gets sent back out to match a career long. Um, what gave you guys the confidence in him of knowing, and do you factor in kind of the mental side for that with kickers when you're making those decisions of do we yeah. try this field goal? What kind of goes into that? Yeah, I thought, I mean, as soon as the, you know, the opportunity came up, I'm like, all right, Let's go fix it. Mm. So, you know, let, let, I'm not going to shy away from it because we just had one blocked. All right, go in there and let's go fix it. Whether it was the protection, whether it was the kick, all right, let's go get it right. So no better time to do that than as, as fast as you can. Let's get back out there. and that's, Let's not wait to the, to the fourth quarter or wait till you have a shorter field goal. You know, if we had that opportunity, we had the wind. Um, it was sh- uh, shifting, but at that time, we had the wind 
And I was like, there's no better way. My mindset's like, all right, we're going to erase this. Let's go mm. and get to the next play. Because if you, if you, you can't, in this profession, whether you're a player or a coach, you cannot dwell on the past or you're going to, you're just going to, you're going to get wasted. Yeah. So. That's interesting. And how much do you kind of think about the mental side with how you even interact with the guys on the sideline? I feel like it's always interesting to watch, you know, it's sort of a solitary group of guys over there, like the, the right. kicker, punter, long snapper. They're kind of their own unit over there on the side after something goes wrong, whether it's a block kick, a miss kick, something. Right. How do you approach that as the coach? Do you always go say something? Do you leave them alone? Like what's well, kind of the, the idea there? I, my, my approach is to find out what's happening or what happened all right, whether I saw it or whether they, you know what I mean, I didn't see it. And there's a lot of things you can't see from the sideline, so you have to ask, you mm-hmm. know. And there's so many different things going on in terms of communication between everybody that you got to figure out what happened. So the biggest thing is get the whole story first mm. before you react. Yeah. Because you, or else you're going to probably overreact to something that didn't that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So get the whole story first. It sounds like just good life advice in general yes. for all of us. <laughs> um, how about the idea for them of the fact they are such kind of a unit? Um, they're so separate from the rest of the team, often at practice and games. Uh, what do you feel like that's like for them? And, and how, as a coach, does that affect the way you even? coach them as compared to maybe some of the other position coaches where everyone's all out there together at practice. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that change the way you try to interact with them or, or the ways that it just kind of affects them as a group of, of guys over there? Um, you know, usually we, we actually spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're obviously in all my drills. Uh, they're running them essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're good guys and, and, I just try to keep a good dialogue going with them and try to get to where, and I think this happens on in, in uh, each position coach as well. You're with those guys all the time. So if it's, you can't always, bam, you can't, it, it's, it becomes, you have to have some communication. You have to get to know people before you can communicate to them and get some things going with them. So and they've got you've got to build and get their trust in order for you in order for them to listen to you and be able to you know they they have to be able to tell you some things that might piss you off and then you can't overreact mm-hmm. to it yeah. you know so building relationships like anything else with anybody you know what I mean you, you, hey I might have an issue but you, it's it's going to probably piss you off <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you have to say okay well why'd you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I've always figured out was this. If I do something wrong and you jump my ass right there and then you let it go and don't bring it up again, you're my guy. That's great. I but like if, that. But if it's something that, you know, two weeks later you say, remember when you did that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we got problems. Now we got problems. That's great. All right, you we're going to take a quick break here on Buccaneers Total Access with Special Teams Coordinator Keith Armstrong, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with Special Teams Coordinator Keith Armstrong. Um, so we talked a little bit about the idea of how having such a big leg, both as a punter and a kicker, 
um, can affect the the game plan, the strategy. You know, when do we punt? When do we kick? When do we do some of these things? How have you seen that impact some of the calls that you know Bowles has made in the game, or that you guys have suggested? You know, what that has meant to some of the ability to have those game plan decisions in a game. You know, sometimes, like uh, obviously playing outdoors here, a lot of every a lot of uh, Todd's decisions are going to be made. Like we'll talk before the game. When you're outdoors, wind's blowing to the left, you so you're going to be able to attempt a longer attempt. Wind's mm-hmm. blowing to the right, it's a shorter attempt. I, I have to give him those numbers. Within the game, that can adjust. He'll just click over. You want it? Yep. Yes. Bam. Do you want it? Two more yards. You know what I mean? So then he's got to make a decision whether to punt or whether to go for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I try to stay ahead of that, you know, for him so that, you know what I mean? And so if it does change, that he's not, it, it's not a surprise. Right. So you're monitoring things like the wind and all of that all game long. Whole game. How do you do that? Is that, I mean, I'm imagining you just like licking your finger and sticking it up in the air and I'm thinking it's probably a yeah. little bit better than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's more feel than anything else. Yeah. And in, again, communication with the specialist, mm-hmm. you know, because what happens, long story short, the wind ricochets, so it may be hitting our place it doesn't, right? But some, some stadiums have, you know, the, it's totally circled the right. field. So now that wind's hitting a side of the field coming mm. back. So the wind that you're kicking into ain't the same wind that that wind's going there, but it's hitting the stadium wall and, mm-hmm. or bleachers and coming back the other way. So there's a lot going on yeah. in terms of figuring out the winds. Like if you're a good, you like, do you play golf? Uh, well, badly, but yes. <laughs> yeah, same thing. You know, it's, it's, you're just trying to get a feel for what the wind's doing. And that usually tells us what, how or what we need to do in terms of punting, kicking field goals, Mm-hmm. Longer field goals, going for it, yeah. the whole bit. We're talking to special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. How about um, for your coverage units this year, who are some of the new additions to your uh, special teams crew that have been exciting for you and that have been some really good new additions? Um, probably the biggest guy that, that's the, the guy that's doing a nice job in developing and coming along is Josh Hayes. He's done a nice job for us. Um, really doing a good job at Gunner kickoff coverage he's doing a good job uh plays with a lot of energy uh and and the game is important to him he's he's been in he's been impressive that's great um and how about just some guys that you feel like special teams really ended up helping them earn a spot that I always think that's so interesting that we you know the the media and the outside fans and everybody kind of focus on the roster cut downs based solely on their actual positions, position groups, but special teams is such a huge part of what earns right. a, you know this guy a spot over this guy. Who were some of those guys that you were really kind of advocating for of hey this this guy would mean a lot to our group? Well, I think the number one guy would be Zion McCollum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's probably our best player relative to production wow. and, and as a gunner. Um, really dominant gunner and d- demands advice, um, kickoff coverage. He does a very good job, very productive, um, disruptive guy. So him, K.J. Britt, physical, uh, you know, does a really good job, smart. It's important to him. Uh, Cole Keeft would be another guy that's another, phys- brings a physical presence. He loves to compete. Uh, Cam Gill, um, 
you know, another physical football player. So those are our guys that will actually go be physical. And I, th- you'd say a guy that that uh, that's uh, contributing. He j- he's been hurt, and we'll get more out of him as the, as we go down the road. But uh, Chase Edmonds is probably the other one that uh, you know, older guy who's made the team because of his special teams background. That's great. Um, what are the the biggest attributes? you tend to look for in a special teams guy and it, and how is it different for the different aspects of coverage teams and you know the different roles that they might play the biggest thing is this is is do you want to do it um one because you can't hide it it's going to show up mm. and then after that it's tough and smart you know tough uh physically tough mentally tough but the guys that play with physical toughness and guys that are smart, football smart, um, uh, guys that can react to the football, can escape blocks and make plays uh, the proper way, can play in space um, and make good decisions on the run. That's what you're looking for, um, and guys that are physical. But the biggest thing is you have to want to do it. So. Do you ever feel like you can alter getting guys to buy in, let's say, or is it just they either want it or they don't? You know, do you feel like that's a role for you of knowing that, again, special teams is not necessarily the thing that they came in wanting to do the most, that they're wanting to catch right. the touchdown, they're wanting to make oh, yeah. the interception. So for you, do you find yourself almost having to sell to guys or you just look at it as, hey, they either want to do it or they don't? No, I mean, that's my job. Um, so... Most guys, they come in and, right, if you're a receiver, you want to catch passes. Mm-hmm. So if you're the receiver coach, who wants to catch passes? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's done. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. if you're a linebacker coach, right, you got room full of linebackers. Anybody in here want to play linebacker? Yeah. Yep. That's yep. done. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right? How many quarterbacks want to play quarterback? Yep. So most, most then you them. come into my room and you're like, okay, how many guys want to cover a kick? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, it, but here's the deal. It's a pretty good living, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I've been doing this now 27 years and because I, I coached for three years. I coached defensive backs, and for about 27 years now I'm coaching special teams. Um, so, you know, there's guys that come in and they want to do it. They buy in. They just want to play football. And then there's guys you have to sell it to, you know. Then you know what I mean. So it it it's the individual. So I treat everybody the same, different. Yep. You know. So how you want to be treated? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're actually telling me. I'm not telling you. You're mm-hmm. actually telling me. If you buy in, great. If you don't buy in, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Here we go. Here we go. You know what I mean? There's a guy that I, I think that has shown he wants to do whatever gets asked of him, and it's uh, Devin Tompkins. He's a guy you're using as the return man, and he's yeah. you know fought through the practice squad, fought through as the undrafted guy, the undersized guy, um, easy guy to root for. And yes. um, so tell me, what made you guys have the kind of confidence in him? What kind of growth had you seen in him where you're like, yeah, this is our, this is our return guy this year? Oh, I think he catches – one thing is, he, again, he wants to do it. And it's important to him, and he's hungry. So when you have that guy, it jumps out. You know, you can't hide that because mm-hmm. you can't mask it because there's too many days. You have to do that every day. So you're not going to hide that on somebody every day. He, he, it's important to him. And then, one, he's good at it. He can catch the ball well. He's explosive. 
He can get, he'll, he's a tough kid. Whether he's small or not, he is a tough kid. And he, he doesn't, he's not afraid to get the ball vertical in traffic. So um, all, with all those things, uh, he, he, he's a good football player. Um, and, it, and he wants to be a good football player, and he's, and he's going to be. That's great. And what are the things that you're working on with him and uh, working to improve for his return game? Um, biggest thing is really back there is, is really it's about managing the game. Um, so, you know, in terms of fair catch, uh, making a fair catch, when not to make a fair catch, and he's done a good job with that. Um, with the, the, the thing that you say to a guy like that, he's aggressive, so sometimes you have to tell him, hey, now it's, it's actually okay to fair catch. You know, it's not strike one, it's ball one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's that's not, a good analogy. you know what I mean? So that's the your way I have to explain it to him. It's not, that's not a negative. He had yeah. to manage it. Yeah. You know, so, but he does a good job back there and, and uh, he's really doing, he, he sees it. Uh, he's got good vision on the run. Um, so he, he's a good football player. It's fun to coach. All right, we have one more segment coming up here in Buccaneers Total Access with special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Um, we talked about how you work to get guys to buy into special teams. What is it that you love about it that you, you mentioned you've got a couple decades of experience coaching this. Right. What do you love about special teams? What makes you keep wanting to do this? You help guys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're introducing them to the game. They probably haven't had to cover kicks in college. If you're at Alabama, you're covering kicks. You know, if you're at Georgia, you're probably covering kicks. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. But most programs, the stars don't cover kicks. So it's fun. You know, it's, it's great to help guys here because a lot of guys are here and they've never been on punt. They've never been on kickoff coverage. They've never been on punt return or kickoff return or field goal block. So it, it's fun to help develop guys and then see them buy into it and then see them go play well. And sometimes, you know, it happens in this league. Guy, a guy leaves, goes somewhere else. But you're happy for him because you're like, you know what, I had a hand in that. I helped him get better. Now he's somewhere else or for whatever reason, all right, but the guy's still in the league. My biggest thing is to help guys and try to get them to see, so look here, you have a college degree, great. You can, you can make a good number here financially, mm-hmm. yep. okay, if that's what it comes down to for you. You know what I mean? If that's what your love of football is, yeah. okay, or you can go get that business job for $20,000 and you're mm-hmm. going to get the coffee. Right. Now, which one you want yeah, to do? Yeah, which one sounds better? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to break it down for guys and say, hey, look, now you got that PE degree, so you're going to be teaching for $18,000 mm-hmm. and teaching, and you're going to be the, the PE teacher at some high school, or would you rather go cover a kick here and, and take care of your family down the road? Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever your pep talk is, you know, yeah. are you, why are you doing this? Yeah. What's your why? I don't know. What, but when I find out what your why is, I'm going to try to translate that for you and help you realize that, hey, look, you can help a lot of people or you can just help yourself. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if you stay in this league, you probably help a lot of people. If you don't, then you're probably only going to be able to survive for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's very true. We're talking to special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Um, what does film session look like for the different aspects of special teams? That as you guys go to prepare for you know, Houston this week, what are the things that you guys watch and focus on as compared to some other position groups? What does that look like? Well, obviously, we, uh, the biggest thing you have to do is be good in coverage um, and take care of the football, like I said earlier. So on Wednesday, we're, we cover, all right? So we'll punt, and we'll work versus their pressures, and we'll work versus their returns, all right, or any gadgets that they may have. Uh, then we'll kick off, and we'll work uh, all the returns and some of the stuff that we want to do versus their returns. And then we'll, on Wednesday, we also kick field goals because it's, you know what I mean, it's important, and it's, it, you're talking about points, um, so we go against all the opponent's top rushes and what they like to do in different situations relative to the clock, uh, hurry, hurry, um, bleed, meaning spin the clock down so that there's not another play left mm -hmm. remaining. Yeah. Um, and just try to hit situations with the guys in that regard. Then Thursday, we'll turn around and work on the return game. So pump return. All right, we'll work our returns. We'll work on the opponent's gadgets, kickoff return, all right, whatever they've got going on there. And then Friday you get into hands team, punt safe, and um, you're basically moving the field and trying to hit every situation that you possibly can. So there's so many situations on special teams that come up that people don't realize, but there's, it's situational football. And that's what we spend the week addressing. All right, here's how you'd handle this situation. So we try to put the players in situations so that they, on a weekly basis, so that it becomes a habit. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I know, you know, whenever you talk to the team about home versus away games, you know, the team's always like, oh, it doesn't matter. We got to win wherever. But I have to imagine that being in this stretch right now, four out of five on the road that maybe for kind of your guys that is a big deal in terms of you mentioned all that about the uncertainty with the wind and all that, that I have to imagine home versus away is actually a pretty big thing when it right. comes to the kickers. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and experience and kickers who know different stadiums. And, um, you know, so if you've been in a the division for a while, you'll know those stadiums and you'll know where the wind blows. So I remember uh, – some of the older guys, uh, Matt Bryant, years ago when I had Matt uh, in Atlanta, he'd go to a stadium and he knew it and he had a dialogue of it and he knew where the wind was blowing, you know. So anytime somebody got a new stadium, he'd be mad. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? so, so, you got to start my research all over again. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. You know, it's part it's the part of the game that you can't see, but mm -hmm. it has a major effect on it. That's really interesting. Um, and then I know for you, you have known Coach Bowles for an incredibly long time at this point. Uh, I think I, he twelfth grade in high school. I met Coach Bowles. It's incredible. He hosted you on your visit to yes, Temple, right? I slept. I slept on. He slept in the bed. I was the recruiting. I was. Uh, the guest. I was being recruited. He was my host, and I slept in his uh, dorm room, him and a guy by the name of Anthony Young. 
um, who was a corner and drafted by uh, the Indianapolis Colts, I think, in the second round. So Todd was a safety and Anthony was a corner, and they became outstanding players and everything. So, um, But, yes, I've known him uh, for years. He's out of Elizabeth, New Jersey, and I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. So, um, But it, it was a good trip, and I ended up signing. So. So obviously he did a good job on the recruiting yeah, part. outstanding And job. then recruited you here too. I love it. Yes. All right. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome, and uh, good luck against Houston. All right. Thank All right. you. That's going to do it, it for us on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Evan Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.